0: The HD Movie Podcast may contain mature content, strong language and spoilers. Hello and welcome to episode 120 of the HD Movie Podcast. I'm Darren Gaskell.
1: I'm Hayley Alice Roberts and it is the last in our series of Merry Podmas.
0: Yes, next week we're going to be going on to our New Year movie, but just before we celebrate Christmas Day and Boxing Day and all that good stuff, we have one more movie for you. It is 2008's Four Christmases, directed by Seth Gordon. Yes, it's almost Christmas and for the final time before the big day, we are wishing you a Merry Podmas once again. But what if you were confronted with not just one Christmas, but four Christmases? That is the premise of Seth Gordon's movie, which stars Vince Vaughan and Reese Witherspoon.
1: And to set us on the path for joy for Christmas is the one and only Nick Bregarnas with his synopsis. He is back, everybody. To escape Christmas and their divorced parents with their dysfunctional families, happily unmarried Brad and Kate have been successfully pulling off the same trick for three years. A little bit of charity work in a far-off place at the end of the world is always the perfect alibi. However, not this year. And as the young couple is forced to spend Christmas with all four of their estranged parents, the ultimate yuletide disaster is at hand. Can Brad and Kate survive not one, but four Christmases?
0: It's good to have Nick back just before the big day as well. Nice to have him in our final Christmas-related Merry Podmas. Will he be able to do the New Year synopsis? Well, we'll find that out next time. This movie, interesting pedigree, big studio release, new line, which always makes me think that Freddy Krueger is going to pop up. He doesn't pop up in this one. Also, made by Spyglass Entertainment in the days where they weren't firing people from Scream 7.
1: Yeah,
0: you don't want to see the look on my face right now. It's a very, very sore subject. This movie also had a budget of, wait for it, $80 million. They spent $80 million on this movie. I suspect that it was mostly on the cast. Reese Witherspoon wasn't a cheap actress to get hold of. Vince Warne probably was a bit of an expensive proposition as well. Also, the rest of the cast are some very well-known faces in there. It's also co-written by John Lucas and Scott Moore, who are probably better known now for things like The Hangover and Bad Moms, which we've covered elsewhere on the podcast. So it's got some of their sense of humour in there. And it's an odd one, this, I have to say. It's a short movie. It whistles along because it has to get a lot of plot in there. It almost feels like a weird anthology movie because they're in very episodic chunks as they go to see the different parents. It's got an uneasy balance of quite sweet Christmas humour and also some quite rude stuff in there. I quite enjoyed the odd rude comment because it comes pretty much out of nowhere every single time. I think it's probably there to have more appeal with sort of the teenage audience and the more adult audience. It seems a bit at odds with itself for Christmases because at the end of the day, I don't think it knows where it wants to pitch its comedy. It's kind of edgy, but it also tries to be kind of sweet. And I don't think it quite works. I didn't think it was dreadful. But at the same time, I spent a lot of the movie thinking... Who is this actually pitched at? I'm not really sure.
1: I get what you mean there. I mean, I quite enjoyed it for what it was. I mean, it's nothing groundbreaking, but it was definitely watchable and it did have some funny moments. But yeah, I get what you're saying. And it definitely feels in tone with things like Bad Moms and The Hangover, as you said. And it's definitely of that era as well. I mean, I think The Hangover was late 2000s as well. So I can definitely see that influence in there. It does try and aim for some gross-out humour at points, but never fully goes there. I think it's kind of not that funny now seeing a baby spew up breast milk on a mum. That never happened to me. I've never fully witnessed anything like that happen. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong if it does, if it's happened to you, but it's not something that I found particularly amusing. It was just gross-out for gross-out's sake. What I did quite like was the dynamic in the relationship of the main characters. I think what they're experiencing is something that a lot of people can relate to because it's that crossroads in your life where do you choose to have children and settle down or do you decide to be a bit more free and travel? So it's that kind of crossroads and being in a relationship and wanting different things. And I think that content in the movie is, as I say, quite relatable, but you have just got these outlandish situations and slapstick comedy kind of circulating that and all these uh, quirky characters like all the families are very dysfunctional in their own ways as you say yeah there is a bit of rude humor in it and sort of innuendo with vince horn's mother's character played by sissy Spacek. she's in a relationship with one of his high school friends which is yeah just meant to be played for laughs but is meant to make you feel awkward and, and uncomfortable as well so this is the kind of tone it's going for Things in it aren't as PC as they are now. I think the Vince Vaughn's dad's character refers to the mum as as a whore or something like that. I mean, it doesn't really sit well, like referring to women like that and playing it for laughs anymore. So again, it's a little bit dated. It's very much of its time, but it was ultimately quite harmless as well. Like I didn't feel overly offended by it. I just thought some of the comedy in it, I was like, yeah, why Why are they just going for this for shock value? I think that's all it was. But the performances were pretty good. Apparently there was a lot of tabloid gossip at the time that Reese Witherspoon and Vince Vaughn did not get on during the making of this movie. and They didn't really want to have to promote it that much because they couldn't stand the sight of each other, so that's quite an interesting um, fact for behind the scenes.
0: There is a slight hint of that that comes across in the movie, especially towards the end of the movie when it looks like they might be going to break up as characters in the film and some of the mean stuff that is said by Vince Vaughan characters seems very very convincing almost as if he's meaning it in real life and some of the chemistry between them in some of the sequences it does seem like they are put together. It's a weird combination the two of them because They are both fairly gifted comic performers in their own right. Vince Vaughn gets more of the funny lines. Reese Witherspoon is meant to be the more grounded and the more rational person, and she's the one that goes through more of an arc in the movie. There are a lot of things that I liked about this movie. There's a lot that's right with this movie. As you say, the performances are really good. They've assembled a very, very good cast. One of the weird bits about the casting, though, is that Carol Kane is in this movie, but you could blink and miss Carol Kane in this movie. Why would you have her in the movie and then just have her in like one or two sequences and give her almost no dialogue? It seems weird. I'm not sure whether they cut her performance down or anything. It just seems odd like you'd have somebody of Carol Kane's stature in this movie and then have her really get to this almost a cameo role, basically, where she really doesn't affect anything at all in the movie. There are plenty of other gifted performers. Sissy Spacek is very, very good in this. She probably is in danger of stealing the movie whenever she's on screen. You're right about the character of Brad's dad, played by Robert Duvall. Robert Duvall, great actor, plays it just as it's meant to be, but the character is quite abrasive and A little bit nasty as well, it has to be said. You've got Brad's brothers who basically beat him up the first time they see him. There's lots and lots of wrestling and violence. And I guess it's comedy violence in lots of ways. But at the same time, it feels a little bit mean-spirited as well. I did laugh a couple of times. But when you've seen Vince Vaughn's character getting beaten up for like the fourth or fifth time in about five minutes, I'm thinking, you know what, we can move on from this. We understand the dynamic between him and his brothers. The one joke that I thought was not appropriate at all was the running gag during one section about Reese Witherspoon's high school friend. In fact, it was it was not just high school friend, it was a friend from sort of possibly kindergarten. It was a friend of hers that she'd been with for quite a long time. and. They make a big point of the fact that this woman is clearly a lesbian and Reese Witherspoon's character doesn't get this fact at all up until somebody points something out to her and she's like, oh my god, is there a point of that gag really? Is it amusing? I guess maybe back then it was. If you see a photo of a woman and she looks fairly androgynous and she's got short it's like, oh yeah god, she must be a lesbian. And this movie kind of plays on it too much and I thought yeah I've had enough of this joke and I hope that they're not gonna rinse it for all it's worth but guess what this is a movie that does rinse its jokes for all it's worth and this ongoing Reese Witherspoon's childhood friend was a lesbian guy goes on for ages and ages as we've said there are movies that are of their time and they've got form this team you know, the hangover isn't exactly the height of PC humour. So I think you have to roll with it. There are a couple of points in this movie that with a modern viewpoint, you'll think, oh God, why did he put that joke in? But overall, I think it's trying to be a sweet Christmas movie. Ultimately, it does have a positive message at heart. And it does have One of the most disgusting lines ever said by a senior person in a movie where they're sitting round a table, not dishing presents out. They're just saying how they can be better in the year to come. And Kate's grandma says something along the lines of that she will try to pleasure her husband more with her hand and her mouth. And I was exactly of the opinion of Vince Vaughn's character, who immediately says, did she just say that? That's exactly what I was thinking when I was watching this movie. It cracked me up because it is so unexpected. It comes out of absolutely nowhere, that line. And if you don't remember anything else about Four Christmases, you will remember that line of dialogue.
1: Definitely. And um, going back to Reese Witherspoon's character arc in it as well, when the family are getting out the old photo album and showing Vince Warren her life history, there's a lot of fat shaming as well. She was allegedly a child on the more chubbier side, and it's, again, played for laughs, and it's that, that whole thing was a bit mean-spirited as well so me saying earlier oh this movie's quite harmless really I mean I don't think the intention was to upset anybody it's just one of those that is trying to be out there because it's a loud brash American comedy it's a big studio movie as we've discussed it's just one of those and as I say there was a lot of movies out like that at that time I remember going to see them in the cinema quite regularly you'd always go and just see some daft comedy as I say I don't think it's really trying to offend but These sorts of movies always do push the boundaries to see how far they can get. But interestingly, watching this on Amazon Prime, it is rated a 12. So I found that quite interesting. I think I would have pushed it more to a 15, personally, just because of some of the lines of dialogue in it, as Darren just quoted the, the grandma. And then there's some other crazy moments in it. I mean, Reese Witherspoon's mother's character is dating a guy called Pastor Phil. Now, my husband's name is Phil, so I found this incredibly funny, as did he. But Pastor Phil and his huge cult-like church, and then he makes them do like a nativity. It's very, very odd. I think the movie goes a bit off balance there, that they're just literally trying to throw anything at it. And what is the wackiest thing we can do at this point? What ridiculous situation can we put this couple into now? So that's how I I felt about that But. It's okay. It's very watchable. It's something if you just want to chill to, you don't want to think too hard about, too deeply about. It's that kind of film, really. Not the best Christmas movie ever, but I'm not regretting that I watched it. I mean, I can be like, for Christmases, yeah, I've seen it. Reese Witherspoon is one of my favourite actresses of all time, so it's just another movie I've ticked off her filmography.
0: Yeah, Reese Witherspoon is probably the main reason to watch this movie. She puts in a really good empathetic performance. And she's the character that you stick with through the entire movie. She's the one who is going through this journey. She's the one who has to make the major decisions at the end. To be perfectly honest, as much as they set them up as this upscale, career-minded couple, I thought Vince Vaughn's character was always a bit of a dick. In this movie, he doesn't seem to be the sort of guy that somebody like Reese Witherspoon's character would possibly end up with. He seems to be very full of himself all the time, whereas her character has a little bit more heart. And even when she's doing things for herself, you know, they go to Fiji for this trip, or rather, they don't go to Fiji because there's fog in San Francisco, and the flight doesn't go, and there ruse comes crashing down when a tv news crew intervenes and films them before they're about to embark on their trip which sets this whole thing in motion so they have to go and see the family now because it's clear that they've lied to everybody about this charity trip that they're going to save orphans or whatever they say every single year but even then reese witherspoon comes across as a very solid and very nice and very caring character whereas Vince Vaughan has got this kind of edge to his character where you don't really have an awful lot of sympathy for him most of the time. Now I don't think that hamstrings the movie too much apart from at the end where they are deciding whether or not to break up because Reese Witherspoon's character she suddenly realizes that maybe she does want to get married maybe she does want to have kids And Vince Vaughn's character is very much of the opinion that he's not ready for that. He may never be ready for that. And at that point in the movie, my reaction was, well, you know what? Who's not going to want to have a relationship with this woman? If she breaks up with Brad, Kate is going to be absolutely fine. There'll be guys queuing around the block for her. Whereas with him, it's like, hey, you've looked out there, mate. I would be hanging on to her if I were you.
1: Absolutely, and I actually don't think it was a realistic ending in the grand scheme of things. I think they should have gone bold and broken them up at the end of the movie because that is the reality. If people want different things in life, it's not always going to work out. And I mean, we could still have had the ending where she has a baby because that could have happened with a different guy, and then he could have just gone off to Fiji because that's what he wanted to. I th- I just think that they gave it this Hollywood ending and that whole trope that. I think the trope is called babies ever after it's that trope where like oh we're having a baby will make everything better I think that's what it was aiming for I suppose to end the movie on, on a positive note but when you know the reality of having a baby it is not the flowers and rainbows that Hollywood tells you it is it's hard work <laughs> so I don't know how we're supposed to feel about that ending and especially how it more or less ends with this breast milk being chucked up on Paul Rees Witherspoon so But I agree with what you said about her performance. It's very naturalistic, very empathetic. Her character is a lot more layered and, you know, she always delivers. I don't think I've ever disliked a performance of hers. She's just so good in everything she does. The variety of roles she's had over the years, I think she just nails it every time. It's interesting with this one because obviously by the time she made this film, she was already a mother in real life. And the fact that she can convey this person who is of the opinion of, whether they're unsure about having children, I think that came across really well. So it just shows what a really, really strong actress she is.
0: Yep, yeah, I agree with all of that sort of stuff. One thing I did forget about Pastor Phil, which I was going to mention earlier, when they do the weird big budget nativity production, the walk-on music, and I know that it's used as music in lots of American sports events, and I know they continue to use it over in the States, and I know that there may not be the baggage that this piece of music has over here, but the walk-on music at the Nativity is a little piece of music called Rock and Roll Part 2, which was co-written and performed by Gary Glitter. Now, oh, no. now if you if you mention that name, yeah, there you go. That is the <laughs> reaction you're going to get with most people in the UK. When you hear that piece of music and when you find out who wrote and performed that piece of music. So every time I hear that particular track, it does set me on edge a little bit. I am sure that there was no intention on the filmmaker's part to traumatise an entire nation of people by playing a piece of music by Gary Glitter. But that's just what happens when you use that particular piece of music. It's just unfortunate because the nativity bit is weird enough as it is, without <laughs> that on the top of it as well. So you know, that
1: must have gone over my head because I completely missed that and I'm kinda of glad I did. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, thanks for notifying me about that. But as I say, I doubt I'm ever gonna watch this movie again, so I won't have to brace myself for that music coming up. I just think I must have zoned out by that point and was more focused on the visual.
0: That's a good thing, because as soon as the music kicked in for me, I was like, oh, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, what and film I, have we
1: chosen? It's
0: like... Trying to scrub the audio from my brain. I mean, in the end, it kind of gets away from the nativity bits. Mind you, even in the nativity bit, Vince Vaughn's character is a complete dick because he suddenly gets delusions of grandeur about selling his performance on the stage. And basically ignores Reese Witherspoon's character completely. He pushes her to the back and there's a great bit at the end where he's being celebrated for his great performance and everybody's going wild and there's just a shot of Reese Witherspoon in her Virgin Mary costume and she just looks so fed up at the end of that sequence. It's either a great bit of acting or she really was that fed up at that point in the movie. I can't tell which. Either way, It's a really good moment in the movie because I felt for her, I was like, yes, I'm going through the exact same feelings that you are. So cheesed off that she's had enough of this situation, which kind of precipitates the will they, won't they break up bit towards the end. But you're right about the will they, won't they break up bit. I think if they had broken up, it would have been a bit less Christmassy, but more realistic because... It gets to about an hour in the movie and basically you're thinking, yeah, she could do so much better than this guy and she could have a better life if she actually goes for what she wants and not have to settle for this complete idiot. But then you're right, they have to have the Hollywood ending and it's the quickest resolution I've ever seen of this sort of plot dilemma because Vince Vaughn just goes to see his dad, realises that maybe he does want a family as well and goes straight back to see his girlfriend. And then within three minutes, it's a year later, and they've had a kid. I mean, quick turnaround or what? There's no kind of drawn-out, dramatic bit at the end. He just turns up, says, yeah, you were right. Well, I don't think he says he was wrong, but basically it was like, yeah, we could do this. And then Reese Witherspoon's like, okay, yeah, yeah, We maybe we can discuss this. And then all of a sudden, flash forward 12 months later, they've got a kid, they're in the maternity ward. It's a movie that does take a lot of shortcuts. And on one hand, that's okay, because it means the running time is a lot shorter and it does breeze along and it doesn't stick in any one location for too long and it's moving on to the next sequence. But on the other hand, it goes by so quickly that. It doesn't really have any impact the ending at all because all of a sudden yes they've had the kid and now clearly they're gonna have like this idyllic life together end of movie so it just feels like there's something either cut or missing because it goes from everything's shit to everything's amazing in about five minutes roll credits
1: Yeah, it's very fast-moving, isn't it? And I feel as well, because the movie is about divorced parents, it's that kind of idea about not making those same mistakes. And I just don't think as characters, they technically learn anything from it because they just get their happy Hollywood ending. Maybe we're just downers here, but we wanted the realism in this film, in this big-budget Hollywood comedy. We just wanted them to break up, not have the rom-com happy ending. Because that's who we are. (laughs) Again, it was fine that, you know, as we said, there are a few moments in this that do make you cringe, maybe some pieces of music, maybe some lines of dialogue, and as I say, I doubt I could ever see myself watching it again. I did find the sequence funny, the whole bit in Vince Vaughn's father's house first Christmas that we get to experience, where he completely balls it up with his nephews by revealing something about Christmas that... Children should not have to realise until they're very much older. I won't say in case you have any young young listeners on this podcast. I, I kind of hope not, but you never know. Yeah. So that was quite funny, and I did laugh out loud at that. The fact that it got to the extreme where the kid decides to streak when he gets anxious, that was a bit weird as well, though. So it is littered with all these very surreal, very strange moments in it. So interesting, this will take you all back to uh, the good old days of 2008. It actually came second at the box office behind Twilight. (laughs) I mean, we were in in at Twilight mania, clearly, when Four Christmases was released. But it didn't do too badly, so it came second with 6.1 million and, as I said, behind Twilight. I think it was the first Twilight movie. Never ask us to cover those films on this podcast. That is one request that I have for you listeners. It ended pretty well during the Thanksgiving period, and then it did eventually make it to the number one spot. So obviously, you know, people were enjoying this at the time. And then it was released on DVD and Blu-ray in 2009. So that was kind of its legacy. And it's on Amazon Prime now. You can watch it. It's included. You don't have to rent or buy. Just put it on. If you're just looking for a, a cheap thrill Christmas movie, this is the one for you.
0: <laughs> yeah, if you were looking for something a little bit more edgy that you probably don't want to sit the kids in front of because there is some questionable material in this movie but for teens and adults this is fine it fits the bill it's not the greatest movie you're ever going to see but it's far from the worst I'm intrigued to know whether we do have kids that are listening to our podcast I'm just now picturing somebody saying oh what are you listening to it's like oh I'm listening to the HD movie podcast guy say fuck because I think I do say <laughs> quite a lot on this podcast. It's not big, it's not clever kids. I'm of limited vocabulary and my swearing should not mean that you go out and use all of these words as well.
1: Yeah, and that's your lesson for the episode. Four Christmases scored 5.7 out of 10 on IMDb, making it quite the average flick, which it really is. And then it has a 25% tomato meter on Rotten Tomatoes and a 47% audience score. I think fair enough. This isn't going to set your Christmas alight in any way, but it might just be a fun movie. There are worse Christmas movies out there. I mean, Christmas with the Cranks, please don't ask me to ever watch that again so we don't have to cover it. Oh, wait, who's in that movie?
0: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've got no idea.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, that was four Christmases, everybody.
0: I do wish we
1: could chat longer.
0: And that's it for episode 120 of the HD Movie Podcast. As always, thank you for listening.
1: And if you enjoyed this content and would like to keep up to date with us, you can follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, X and Instagram at HD Movie Podcast.
0: So for us, the Christmas related movies are over, but we have one more movie before we wrap up 2023. And it's a movie with a New Year theme. What is that movie?
1: Well, this is a movie that I have wanted to seek out for quite a while, but I don't think I've ever got round to seeing it fully. I've only seen clips. And it's a slasher movie. It's an 80s movie. It's a Jamie Lee Curtis movie. It is Terror Train.
0: There we go. Another horror item for New Year. We can't get away from them. And it's something that will be fun to cover, I'm sure. So until next time, all that remains is for us to wish you a happy Christmas. And a Merry Podmas. See you next week, folks. The HD Movie Podcast is presented by Haley Alice Roberts and Darren Gaskell. Its music is written and performed by Mitch Bay. You can find the episodes on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Samsung Podcasts, Amazon Music, Podchaser, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Listen Notes and PodBeat.